Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome back to a special edition of the Masterclass. It's a Mauricio Pochettino special. Rob is joining me today. Pochettino has been linked with the Manchester United job. There are lots of reports today suggest that he is likely or interested in leaving mid-season, Rob. That's really big news, isn't it? Manchester United have sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They have Michael Carrick as interim. We are going to be talking about the rumours today. We're going to talk about his time at PSG. We're going to talk about his time at Spurs as well. We're going to talk about Kane and Ronaldo in terms of how the press would work. Lots of great content. Before we do that, guys, give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow on at Hayda underscore Rubani. Give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, how close is this? Because there's a lot of rumours swirling around. Can Manchester United fans get excited about Pochettino? I'm going to say finally, because Ed Woodward adores him, has wanted him as manager for a long time. Can we get excited about Pochettino in the dugout at Old Trafford? Well, you could get excited if you want to get excited, but we kind of have to look at some of the facts around it. And this show today is a tactical special. We want to see how suitable Mauricio Pochettino would be for Manchester United. So as you've just highlighted there, Edward Wood loves uh, Pochettino. He was his number one choice when Jose Mourinho left the football club. Uh, and he's someone that he's always admired. It's something he's been very, very public about in the past. And there's also the kind of added caveat that Edward Wood will be staying at Manchester United. I know that won't please United fans. That's just how it goes. But I think he will probably keep his executive powers. And it means that he will have the major say as into who the next manager will be. Now, obviously, there's several candidates for the job. Zinedine Zidane, Brendan Rodgers. There's still talk about Ralph Raniuk. Uh, people are obviously putting their hat in the ring for Eric Ten Hag. But Pochettino is someone that did want the Manchester United job not so long ago. Now, obviously, he's at a huge football club at the moment with Paris Saint-Germain with a big project, a big objective. 
He's got Lionel Messi. He's got Neymar. You know, he's got Mbappe, and he's got another another set of amazing set of players behind all of that. So the question is, does Pochettino want to leave for Manchester United? Well, we know that he loves England and he loves the Premier League. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper on that today and see if he would be attracted to come to Old Trafford because leaving behind Paris would be a big commitment from him. If he really wants to come back to England, I think he realises that this is the biggest club that he will get on his portfolio and his CV because there are other clubs, of course, available in the future, but Manchester United remain one of the biggest. It's also the the opportunity now, Rob. You know, you're looking at the fact that he's actually he actually nearly got the job, or he was very interested in the job before Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went on that run. So it's not like Pochettino doesn't have previous with Manchester United. You know, he has not only has Ed Woodward wanted to bring him in, he's also been interested. I mean, something interesting. So I do want to pick out uh, what Sir Alex Ferguson thinks of of um, Maurizio Pochettino. A lot of you probably in the comments were thinking, no, we don't want to know what Fergie thinks. He wanted David Moyes as uh, as a manager, but I think it's important because. Um, Sir Alex had dinner with David Lammy. If you're not from the UK, he's an MP in London. He's uh, in the Tottenham area. And he said to him that, uh, I think you guys have the best manager in the Premier League. So this was back in around 2017 or 18, which is a very interesting comment. You had Jurgen Klopp there at the time as well. I believe also Pep Guardiola was in the Premier League at the time. So very highly rated. And then another comment from uh, Sir Alex Ferguson when he played Pochettino for the first time when he was at Southampton. He said that in the second half, Southampton have been the best team to play here this season. This was against Manchester United. That's extremely high praise, Rob, isn't it? And there are there are a lot of reports coming out that uh, Sir Alex does want Pochettino at the club. He's very, very highly rated. I mean, just these quotes from our greatest manager of all time. I mean, that's very high praise. It's high praise. And it's important to maybe reiterate again the standing of Manchester United, how it works behind the scenes. Because Sir Alex Ferguson has no power at Manchester United. I say this repeatedly and I say it because I think there is a perception that fans think that because he had such a big say in David Moyes all of eight years ago, that he will have a big say now. Now, it's just not really the case. But we do know that he still talks, obviously, to Ed Woodward, uh, Sir Alex. And we do know that Sir Alex really likes Pochettino to the point where he's had dinner with Pochettino on many occasions. They do have a relationship, you know, a friendship as to that goes back a little while. And yes, as you just said there, he rates Pochettino very highly. But so does Ed Woodward. So again, Ed Woodward talked a lot um, behind the scenes to people that we do know in sources about Pochettino at the time when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the interim. And there was really only a short list of one. He just wanted one coach, and that was Pochettino. And obviously, after Mourinho, he was desperate to land a big coach. But then you got the success from Solskjaer, the reboot, the culture, you know, going back to old school United ways, which didn't quite come off. But that was the perception being fed out from Manchester United. And then Pochettino kind of drifted away. It was always this thing that Pochettino does not win trophies. That was his big thing that he's carried all the way up until joining PSG. So I think that he remains a huge option for Manchester United and he's definitely the kind of coach that they want. Really, what it comes down to is how much does he want Manchester United? And that will be the bigger question that will go like way beyond this podcast that we're doing today. You know, does he think that he can take what United have in terms of personnel and be successful? I don't think he'll come to United unless he believes he can take this squad and win a trophy, something like the Premier League that eluded him at Tottenham, and obviously a Champions League final he got to, and it didn't quite work out for him, playing a very, very good Liverpool team, probably the best team in the world at that moment in time. 
So does he want to come back to England? Yes, he does. But is the the right time? We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, let's move on now, Rob, to PSG. And he's sitting very, very comfortably at the top of uh, of Liga. I mean, you're, all the things you're hearing about the fans being disappointed with Pochettino, the team's not playing too well. He's got an absolute uh, embarrassment of riches in terms of players. I mean, look at the front three, Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. So he's got to manage these egos as well. The squad is quite unbalanced. You look at the midfield, I don't think the midfield's got the same quality. You're looking at the likes of uh, Verratti, who's absolutely top class. You've got Herrera. I'm going to bring it up on the screen here, actually, uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But you can see here, Verratti's there, Paredes, uh, just a gay. So very workmanlike, I would say, uh, barring Verratti, who's got real quality. And you look at the defense as well, Diallo, you've got Kimpembe, Marquinhos, Hakimi, who's top class, and Navas in goal. They do have Donnarumma on the bench. Looking at side, 4-3-3, what have been your impressions of PSG this season? On paper, you're looking at it unbeaten in the Champions League, doing very, very well, very, very uh, far ahead in Liga. I mean, it seems on the surface level that he's doing a very, very good job over there. Yes and no. So, again, we talk about reality and then fan perception. So you're right to highlight there that there is this fan perception that he's not really doing particularly well. He's got a 4-3-3, as we can see here on the screen, and he's got three of the greatest players of all time at the top end of the pitch. So you would think that most managers would be able to cope with that or at least find ways. But as we've seen at Manchester United with Ronaldo, it doesn't always solve everything that you've got a world-class element in your side. He's got three of them and actually a full squad of really good players. So he's top, obviously, of Liga, and that's kind of where PSG sits, that's where they expect to sit. But they have conceded lots of goals this season. So you've, you've found that they've won games 2-1, 3-1. They're always conceding goals. They're not as watertight as maybe they want to be. And obviously last year was a failure for PSG because they didn't win the title, and that's unheard of there. But, as we've seen with Pochettino, he's managed to get a song out of this team, found a system, and found a way of playing that, that complements all his biggest pieces. And in, in, as far as the tactics go, they haven't given up too much of maybe their principles or what Pochettino does. And that is Pochettino does like to defend. He likes the numbers game. He looks after territory. Not particularly a pressing coach. So I'm talking about Guardiola, a Klopp, who play much more higher presses. That's not saying that he can't do that. It's just more of a preference. Didn't really do it as Spurs. But when you look at this kind of 4 3 3, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you've got Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi at the top. And you, you kind of just then forget to look at everything else because you think, get the ball to those three. But we've seen that Messi hasn't scored nearly as many goals as people thought he would. Uh, and he's still in that integration, I think, period of finding his way at Paris. And it's now whether that Pochettino, as a, I think a kind of quite an understated coach, though highly rated, does he fit this almost Galatsko model? You know, would this squad actually fit someone like Zinedine Zidane better than Pochettino. So I think that's kind of a, a question for PSG to answer because if they felt that someone like Zidane would be a long-term choice for them as a coach, someone who's, you know, Frenchman, obviously, uh, he's looking out for the France job, but PSG is probably you know, certainly the biggest club job in France itself. If he fancied going home and being there, I know he's from south of France, but, you know, if he wanted to be in the capital, capital he could find a way here to, to get to PSG and that would allow them, Pochettino, to go to Manchester if he so desired to. Uh, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Let's say Pochettino does move to Manchester United, Rob. You know, he would have managed Messi and 
Ronaldo. I mean, that how many managers in the same can say do that? Yeah, and then and Zidane <laughs> would be a, if Zidane goes to PSG, it'd be exactly the same. I mean, I, I do think that when Pochettino did take the PSG job, I want to talk about my sort of how I feel about Pochettino because. We did a lot of masterclasses last year when we started, and I was desperate. I've been desperate for Maurizio Pochettino to be the Manchester United manager for years now. I'm talking years. I uh, I really liked what he did at Southampton. I thought the Spurs move was a great move for him to see, you know, what he can kind of do. I, I look at uh, Poch the same way that maybe people look at Potter in his Brighton days, you know. Uh, sorry, Potter now. I look at Pochettino the same in the Southampton days, you know. Very, very talented young managers. Wanted to see what they could do with the step up. Went to Spurs and made Spurs a fantastic, fantastic side. They didn't win anything. But I think, you know, the fact that they have Antonio Conte today, they had Jose Mourinho as manager, is a testament to what, what Pochettino built at Spurs and how he elevated them. Yeah. For me, he is the manager who, I think he's a nice transition from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't think that United will need to go do a massive overhaul in terms of personnel. I don't think they're going to go and rip it out like we did from Louis van Gaal to Mourinho, then to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I feel like uh, personality-wise, look, he's managed big egos now. He's managed a big club. He's managed a club with expectation that want to win the Champions League. I think that's a nice transition to Manchester United. You could argue, Rob, that actually the demand to win the Champions League and win trophies is higher at PSG right now than it is at Manchester United. Not just because of the, not from the fan base, but I would say from the owner's point of view. You know, Pochettino doesn't win the league title. He gets, he's going to get the sack. So for me, I think he, looking at all the options out there, look at Ten Hag, who's still unproven, though fantastic. I look at Zinedine Zidane, I have my doubts. I look at the fact that Pochettino also has managed in the Premier League and done a very good job. I like the way he is with the media as well. He's a great man manager. I want to pick out this point. When Shaw was at Saints, uh, he used to pick him up every day because Shaw obviously has had these dietary issues or whatever it is. And uh, he used to pick up in his car and used to make him a healthy vegetable smoothie every single day. I mean, it's little things like that. I, I like to hear these little anecdotes. And I just think that when you look at his tactics, you look at the way he manages players, his man management, you look at what Man United want to do or want to have as a manager. I think he's the perfect option out there. No manager is perfect, but I'd be very, very happy if he's Manchester United manager in the next couple of weeks or come the end of the season. Yeah, the reason why I like Pochettino is I think he's tactically diverse. So one of the things that we saw with Solskjaer, even with Solskjaer saying that he wanted to play 4-3-3, play different systems, was that ultimately he didn't. You know, he did it as a kind of forced element when United were playing badly. And the worst time to change your system is when you're not playing well. The best time is to do it on a training pitch when you can work progressively towards something. So I think when you look at Pochettino, he is that type of coach. You know, as you see here with the way he sets up with PSG, it's a 4-3-3. It's not necessarily what he would do at Manchester United with, with the pieces that he has. But I think as well with him is that in terms of his personality, and it's something that actually Gary Neville said the other day, is that his the, the way he conducts himself is the kind of personality that you want running a club like Manchester United you know he's a humble guy he's intelligent he explains stuff he doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low hey 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 but also at the same time when he is on the touchline you see that passion there he's involved he's a proper kind of tracksuit coach and he wouldn't be I think a manager in the mold of say what Ole was at Man United and that that it would be him and coaches and that he wouldn't really do the coaching himself so I think fundamentally that is the type of profile that Manchester United are looking for. You, you highlighted there about players and overhaul. I totally agree with that. And again, I think that's a big plus for him is that Ed Woodward will be saying to whatever ever coach comes in now, right, you've got a really expensive squad. Get on with it. There might well be one or two that we can sort out for you in the next transfer windows. But ideally, 
you've got a really good squad, find me a way to win. So the Ronaldo question was a question that Oligan Solskjaer couldn't answer and and it, it killed him. That was the end of his reign at United. And it would be the first question that Pochettino would have to solve at United and give an answer to. And I don't think Poch is a guy who would come in and say, right, I'm ripping it up and I'm not playing Ronaldo and Bruno, you're not doing the stuff you want to do. I think he would find a system to to start off with that. And that transition, that evolution would be much smoother with a guy like Pochettino in charge rather than, say, alternative coaches. Even someone like Zidane, I think, would struggle to maybe answer those questions fully. But let's talk about his Spurs side. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, we do have the uh, Spurs, probably his preferred Spurs side, Rob, over his tenure. And uh, surprisingly, it's a 4-2-3-1. May night fans are going to get very upset, 4-2-3-1. But... um, that's what Pochettino did play a lot of the times. He did go three at the back as well, Rob. We will talk about that. But so with Loris and Gol, as we know, we had Trippier, Vertonghen, uh, Sanchez and Davis as a back four. In his prime, Rob, he did have Alderweireld and Kyle Walker. And we will talk about the impact of those two players. I do think when Trippier and Sanchez came in, you and even when Ben Davis was there instead of Danny Rose, you know, the quality dropped. And that's one of the reasons why we saw Pochettino eventually get the sack. Eric Dyer and Dembele in a midfield too. That double pivot doesn't look the most inspiring. Moussa Dembele at his prime, though, was probably one of my favourite players in the Premier League. I mean, he was supreme at progressing the ball in terms of his carries. Fantastic player. And then you had Eriksen, Deli Ali, and Son as the three behind Harry Kane. Now, having a look at this side, Rob, what are your initial thoughts? Because, I mean, barring the front four, it's not exactly a a world-class side, is it? But they were phenomenally effective and they were a very, very good side and a very, very hard-working side under Pochettino in the Premier League. Yeah, this is the, the team from around 2017, around that period, obviously going into the Champions League final the following season, um, that competed for the Premier League title and competed consistently year after year after year. As you said there, the final season wasn't particularly good for Pochettino. He had a, an awful away record that really kind of killed his tenure there and meant that he was shown the door by Daniel Levy. But what do I look at when I see this this 4-2-3-1? I see a team that on paper isn't great. Like it is okay. Like there's positions where you go, some players are good. So Harry Kane, and you can see, obviously, the earliest incarnation of Son playing on the left-hand side there before he really became a goal-scoring merchant. And Eriksen, creative. Deli Ali at the top of his game, you know, playing both for England and Spurs. But as you highlighted, it's a double pivot. It's a 4-2-3-1. It's very, very similar to what Manchester United have been playing for the last three years. And the truth is, United fans are sick of it. So... I always talk about 4-3-3 being a fashionable system, even though it is also the system that does win trophies at the moment. So he could play 4-3-3, but I think he is more likely going to play this system. I think he will look at what he has. When you look at the, the back line here for Spurs, um, you know, you can you got Vertonghen there and, and Sanchez, um, but you also had Alderweireld as well in that in that kind of middle ground. You could play a three or, or playing as a back four. And then Trippier wasn't particularly successful in his final year at Spurs. And Ben Davis still there, still kind of you know plugging away, but hardly a world class top line fullback. He got a good he got a good performance value out of that back six. Say you know Eric Dyer very hit or miss, wouldn't you say? So in that time, Eric Dyer's stock was a lot higher playing for England as well at that period. And Dembele, as you said, was a fantastic midfielder. 
But he managed to kind of shape this 4-2-3-1 to be effective, to be attacking, to make sure that it plugged gaps, but ultimately was a team that moved forward at the right time and defended at the right time. And that's what we've seen has been wrong with Manchester United in the last 15 or 20 games. That 20-game period killed Solskjaer, that United can no longer really plug those gaps successfully. David De Gea said the other day, you know, we can't pass the ball around the back line. We don't know what we're doing. And that was pretty damning when your goalkeeper who initiates that is saying that, you know, it's a really important thing. So from Pochettino, if he came to United, he would have to work that out in terms of what Loris would do here with his back four. And maybe going back three or four or five years ago, teams were not playing the ball along the back line like they are now. It's it's much more of a thing because you want to kind of get possession and play through the lines. So he'd be expected to do that at United, to play through it. And it would be a case of teaching United's back four to be able to progress the ball from defence to midfield to attack to be on the front foot. One of the biggest things, Rob, I, I've spent the past 24 hours since we've seen Pochettino being mentioned. I re- I've watched a lot of its Spurs games. I've tried to pick up as much as possible. I want to speak about Spurs' build-up because while we say we said earlier on, obviously, he's more Jose Mourinho than he is Pep Guardiola, that doesn't mean that his sides don't play can't play on the deck. They most certainly can't play on the deck. And he did He did have quite a lot of variations. So I think one of the positives, something was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't manage to work out, Rob, is that when an opposition pressed us, whether it was one forward pressing us or two forwards pressing us, I don't. I never saw um, Oli give the players the tools to be like, right, okay, if one person is pressing us, you know, you you know, you know, perhaps like you change the, the angles that you're passing from or you change, you know, the area that you're passing up from the back. I didn't see that from... United at all, you know. I didn't see, for example, um, when United were getting pressed, perhaps one of the fullbacks dropping back just so that we had a new a numerical superiority in that first phase. I didn't see that enough from Manchester United. And that's something Pochettino has done and has coached his side. So Spurs do do that. They're quite intelligent in terms of when, let's say, they're playing Liverpool and they're going to be pressed very, very high. You know, they can, they decide whether to play it long or whether to play in the channels or whether they play out the back, whether to play through the press. I think what I liked as well from Spurs in terms of their build-up as well is that everyone in the back line was comfortable with the ball at their feet. We saw with Vertonghen, we saw with Kyle Walker, Danny Rose and uh, Aldo Wirral. They all were. So that's something that I'm looking at Manchester United right now. I'm a little bit concerned with Wan-Bissaka. Is he the person that's going to be playing at right-back for, for Pochettino? I'm not too sure. Another thing I did like as well, though, is that they can mix it up. They did go along a lot, Spurs, to be honest with you. They did like to play into the channels. They did have Deli Ali and Kane sort of up, up front as well, playing in the channels. They were strong under the high balls. So that's something that you will see with Manchester United if they get Pochettino. Another thing I did like as well, though, is that the centre-backs like to play long balls as well into channel, or they play switch balls as well. So you'd see Fatonga, you know, from left to right, he'd be playing a diagonal. When I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at Harry Maguire specifically, I think Varane would be a lovely addition for or a player for Pochettino. But I look at Maguire, who could possibly be the odd man out, Rob. I don't see him as someone that's the best playing long balls. I don't see him as quick as well. I mean, how would that work with Pochettino possibly coming in as a manager? Being honest, like we're looking at a Tottenham team here from around that 2017 period. I don't think Pochettino is going to come to Old Trafford and play long balls. I really don't. I don't. It's, it's a stylistic question and it's not something that you see. Now, it means that you can mix it up. So, for instance, Manchester City will play long passes and I'll call them passes because they are passes. They're not really a long ball into channels. You're not look, putting it over someone's head and getting them to go, get their head down and run. So I don't think we will see that. So I don't think that's an issue for Harry Maguire. The issue of Harry Maguire is he's slow. 
So if you're going to play a certain way, but it's it's to do with pace out the back, so quick one-two touches, trying to come out into the midfield, then that's a problem, isn't it? Because you need to have some, some pace to bring it out. Now, we know that Maguire, with the ball at his feet, it's not too bad at travelling. He can travel with the ball. So you'd have to modify that, Haydar. So that's how Pochettino would do it as a coach. You know, you can't kind of just say, well, I want to do A, B, C and D, but, you know, C and D don't quite work, so I just won't do it. What you do is you find a way around it. You you have a methodology around it that helps the players that are out there. So I don't think that's too much of a problem. I think that kind of when you look at the shape, if you played a 4-2-3-1 like this, it wouldn't be exactly the same as the Spurs 4-2-3-1, but he would work with what he's got to try and get the ball progressed up the pitch in a kind of more, what I would say, in a kind of more uh, swift, acute way than United do it. So you just mentioned there about shape and Wambasaka. I actually think that last year when United were progressing the ball out of the back, they did it quite well. What did they used to do? Lindelof and Maguire would sit on the edge of the box and you would find actually that in the shape that Wambasaka was a guy that sat as well, made a three across there and Fred would drop in or, or Matic or Matomine. So you would then have four against two strikers and that tended to work. This year it hasn't worked. Why? Well, we don't really know, do we? You'd think that Varane is a better player, so you think those things should work. Varane's been in and out of the team, granted. But that is what Pochettino, I think, would get right. You know, he'd get that shape right, and United would be able to play these kind of phases of plays, we call them, it, more successfully than they have done this season under Solskjaer. So I'm not worried about thinking about, will he do exactly what he did at Tottenham Hotspur? It's good that he's got that experience, that grounding in the Premier League. But I think he will kind of gear his tactics towards his players, and that's what I've said earlier on at the top of the show. He He's a versatile coach. You just said the Mourinho thing. That was something we said off camera. And what we were talking about before, just for our audience know, is that he is much more of a Mourinho-style coach in how he sets his teams up. He's a bit more pragmatic than, say, a Guardiola or a Klopp. That's not a bad thing if you're doing it the right way and it's not completely reductive. So I, I'm all right with that. I'm fine with defensive football as long as you do it properly and allow your team to attack at the right times. We're going to talk about the forwards as well, Rob. You can see the front four of Ericsson, Dele Alli and Son. And then you had Harry Kane as well. His forwards played very narrow and we saw the width from the fullbacks. So we saw, you know, for example, Carl Walker or Danny Rose provide, really providing that width and uh, something we saw from Luke Shaw as well when he's at Southampton. But um, one of the key things about the benefits of having the forwards that are narrow, because we don't play with traditional wingers either. So this could work with the likes of Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford. Even if you're going to put Pogba out, you see Ken Eriksson on that right-hand side. You could see Paul Pogba again on that left-hand side. And uh, look, quick, quick combinations, positional rotations, and link-up plays. Very, very uh, key for Pochettino in that final third. Something we haven't seen enough from Manchester United this season. And that's the point. You know, Last season, we were seeing... We were seeing those positional rotations, weren't we? We saw a fluid front three. That does come with the Ronaldo factor as well. We were seeing quicker combinations. But what you do see with Pochettino's sides is this. You do also see that uh, you know he likes to see his players run the channels as well, which is what we like. We want to see as well a bit more. So when you're looking at that, I do think when we're looking at the options that Manchester United have in that front four, Bruno Fernandes would benefit. Donny van der Beek, I want to actually read what he said about Donny van der Beek. And this is... Um, it's Pochettino's words when they played against Ajax when he was at Spurs. And he said, Van der Beek, nobody talks much about him, but he has 
dynamic in the game. He gets behind Tadic, he arrives, he works, he scores goals. Logically, I love De Jong and De Ligt, two fantastic players, but the example of the operation of this Ajax is van der Beek. I like him very much. They have a young player from the academy in each line that shows what the team is. Now, that is very, very interesting comments from Pochettino. It could even beg, beg the question that could we see van der Beek playing maybe that Ericsson role in that front line? Obviously, we've got Jane Sancho, I think will play that role. But there is flexibility and the fact that Pochettino doesn't play with maybe, let's say, he doesn't want necessarily need to have pace on, uh, on the flanks. No, he doesn't. And I, and I think, again, we look at the 4 2 3 one we've got up here on the screen. You know, you've got to think about Harry Kane's role compared to Ronaldo. So Harry Kane drops deep. That's what he does. He comes out the box and he will literally go and hold, you know, in this system, Dyer in Dembele's hand, if that's where he wants to go, to go and get the ball. So that creates overloads. It allows that if you're playing a narrow system, that if your spacing is good, you can pick apart opponents. Now, United are not going to do that. Why? Because Ronaldo isn't going to do that. So that's one kind of part of this system that, that won't apply. You said there about running channels and stuff. If you look at this here, Ericsson never ran a channel in his whole life. No, he never, ever did. So what did he do? He would sit deeper, get the ball in good areas. And Deli Alley would be more than of a traditional number 10. And so this was in the days when Son was more of a kind of wide attacker. We see him now, obviously, that he's more of a penalty, penalty box operator, scores more goals now in the last, say, 12 months, 24 months. But when he came to the football club, he was part of the system. It was more about the shape. So that's what I'm interested in about what shape United will play and what United would do under Pochettino. We can see maybe a highlight as to what he did at Spurs. But when you look at what United have got, it's then applying those same things that never really fit Haydar. Do you know what I mean? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Is that if you're talking about, you know, Moussa Dembele, you've got to say, well, hang on, is McTominay, could he do that? Could Fred do that in the double pivot? Well, the answer to that, of course, is no. So would you do something different? Would you put a Donny van der Beek in there and then risk more defensive cover to be a little bit more progressive? Or would you play 4-2-3-1 and would you forsake width and pl let him play the Ericsson role? And that's probably more likely that you would see that. And then you might see see someone like Jadon Sancho even play as a, as a number 10. It depends. It depends what he wanted to do. The Bruno Fernandes question is also really, really interesting about how do you get the most out of him? Now, in the final days of Ole, we've got it up on the screen here. This was the 3-5-2 the that he played against Manchester City. Uh, if I'm right, he kind of switched this after 45 minutes. I was at the game. So Eric Bailly slices the ball into the back of the net. Bailly's off at half-time. And this 3-5-2 that worked very well against Tottenham Hotspur, funnily enough, was over. And I don't think United have played it again since. Not properly. Not anyway. Not in a kind of this, this formation. I don't know whether he will play 3-5-2. You know, I don't know if that is a Pochettino thing, that he would love to come to the Premier League and play that. I think he'd want something a little bit more front-footed to be able to show that United would play a style of football that that is appealing to United fans or something that's a bit, bit more on brand. But he would still be pragmatic. You know, I do believe that. I think he'd come to the club and he'd find methods with this squad to be strong in defence, but also challenging at the top end of the foot at the field. I'd imagine, Rob, he would do 4-2-3-1 or he would go 3-4-1-2. I actually think he will. I remember Spurs playing three at the back a lot of the times. What I do want to talk about, though, before we wrap up, is I do want to talk about Spurs off the ball, their press. Under Maurizio Pochettino, I, mean, you, I saw a graphic on Sky quite a while back. You know, in the last, I think it was at his time at Spurs, maybe the last six years or five years at Spurs, three of his sides were the ran the most distance in the game. 
they are extremely hardworking. They don't press, like you said, don't win the ball up as high up the pitch as, say, you know, Klopp and Guardiola's side. But they're a fantastic, still a fantastic, hardworking side. And that's something I do want to see from the next Man United manager, whether it's Pochettino, whoever it is, I want to see us press. Uh, one of the key things for him, Rob, was the fact that, you know, they that he did like to play three forwards that would, uh, you know, help sort of cut off those passing lanes. And then the fullbacks would also press high as well. So how are we going to get around the Ronaldo issue? Because Ronaldo isn't going to do, isn't going to press like a madman. But actually, in some ways, Pochettino's almost, you know, the happy medium between and Solskjaer and a cop, right? So his sides do sometimes press in phases during games. And he did this against City a couple of years back when he played. And that actually made it a bit difficult for City because they weren't sure in what phase of the game when they were going to press, when they were going to hold back. And that that's something that Pochettino could do. Could that work with Manchester United? I mean, one of the weaknesses, Rob, is uh, the defending in the channels. And that was something that recur was a recurring issue in Pochettino's last few years. Mainly because of the fact Carl Walker went to Manchester City as well. His pace was huge in you know recoveries and uh, defending transitions. So that's a big point to, to bring in as well. But all in all, United would press with Pochettino, but they wouldn't go and do a Jurgen Klopp or a, or a Guardiola and be this, you know, all-out pressing side. No, there wouldn't be a kind of first-wave, second-wave press kind of team because that's not really what Pochettino has done over the years. Uh, and it doesn't particularly suit what United have got at the moment. You, you asked the Ronaldo question here, and this is the elephant in the room. I keep saying it. It's my catchphrase for Ronaldo, and he is the elephant in the room. You've got one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, if not the greatest. You know, he's there on 800 goals. And we're talking about him being a problem. And he is stylistically a bit of an issue. And he's going to be an issue for any future coach, because not just because of his age, but just because of what Premier League football is. So how would he use him? So in a 4-2-3-1, one of the, the essential things for Pochettino in that system at Spurs was, as I just said, that Kane dropped deep, made up the extra man in midfield and allowed kind of third man run. Now, that would kind of lend itself to a Donny van der Beek style midfielder being in there or telling Bruno Fernandes to do something slightly different to run beyond. But Bruno can do that. But how do you kind of get it working game after game after game? Well, it probably would mean that your one up top would end up being probably Mason Greenwood in time. Because Greenwood is a kind of player that can drop into channels and almost play that swaps position, you know, left and right. He could allow Sancho to bomb on. He could go behind players. And we've seen Greenwood do that when he's played as a striker, is that he does like to check in and out. He's not a guy who just has to be on the last man. He doesn't really play like that. He doesn't really also play with his back to goal. He's not that type of striker. He wants to get involved. And I think that's what Pochettino would demand at United. You have a number nine that drops in the pocket and allows the number 10 to go forward. So again, at Spurs, Kane would drop. What would happen? Deli Alley would trigger and go forward. And we've seen that that's not worked at United. You know, we don't see Ronaldo drop and Fernandez go. What we see is Ronaldo drops and then they both kind of just stand there and almost like, as I said, you know, hold hands. They're that close. When you look at the average I mean, positions... Rob, Rob, it actually worked with Martial, didn't it, that season when Martial was fantastic? And that's why the 4-2-3-1 worked for Ole last year and the year before and hasn't worked this season. Because not because Ronaldo is a rubbish footballer, it's because Ronaldo wants to do different things and doesn't suit that system. So you have to find a different system. 
So this is why I'm saying about, you know, Pochettino and time. If you came to the football club, you would expect that Pochettino would outlive Ronaldo, hopefully, in terms of being at United and running the team. So again, it might be a kind of evolutionary curve, isn't it, of, of getting Greenwood in there and working those lines over maybe a year period. You might not win trophies, but you might find a system out of it. And then eventually Ronaldo will leave the football club at some point because he's 36. But if you're going to have to play with Ronaldo for now, you need to find a system that probably gets the most out of him, but then allows you to press higher up the pitch. What's really important is that if United play any system, they can't isolate themselves in the way that they have done in the last few weeks. So you've seen teams getting the ball at left back and walking from left back into central midfield and then walking from central midfield onto the back line. And then you've got Harry Maguire looking very slow. So United didn't find a way of countering that you know, just to close the gaps. Pochettino would have to do that immediately. He'd have to find a way to go and look after territory. Now, funnily enough, Freddie McTominay are pretty good at territory. It's kind of their game. They're, they're runners. They're not particularly good with the ball at their feet, but if they wanted to plug gaps and just have energy in there, Pochettino could lean on the Solskjaer method, but modify it around them. So it wouldn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a double pivot, but you could have a very tight central midfielder free in there and say to Bruno Fernandes, right, you're actually going to be one of the forwards or Sancho's going to be one of the forwards and Bruno, you're going to have to be a probably more of a number eight or I'm going to play Donny van der Beek in there. Something like that, play something with different modified 4-3-3. So there are options for Pochettino and I trust that he has enough versatility in his own game to be able to do something with this Manchester United squad. Final word, Rob. You make a really good point there. Off the ball, I think Manchester United will be... They'll they'll press more than they will under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should Pochettino come in. Back to front as well is very, very important. You know, Pochettino can build out from the back. He does coach his size in the final third and obviously in the mid and, 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 the, and the first third. And he will allow his teams to... Be flexible in terms of if the teams are pressing high, you can play over the press, you know, you can play into the channel. So you can play long, you can play short. I think that's a positive as well. I think looking at the squad makeup, I think he's a good fit. I think he's a very good fit. I think the players would take to a manager like him in terms of the man manager as well. They really did take to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Whether Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the best tactician or not, you can't deny that the players were playing for him. And they were happy under his under his tutelage. So I think the players would like someone like Pochettino as well. He's very similar. I think this is a good fit. And should United make this move, I would be I'd be delighted with Pochettino coming to Manchester United as manager. In reality, it is probably the best fit. And um, what I mean by that is that you've got a guy who knows the Premier League really well. I've said this before: if United were ever going to go over after, after another manager, it would be good in the first case to know that they know the Premier League so even though Ranić was kind of my tactical preference Ranić doesn't know the Premier League that's also the issue with Ten Hag Ten Hag knows Dutch football knows a little bit of German football but does he know the Premier League the answer to that is no so Pochettino is probably you know if you can get him out of PSG and find a way a really tempting with a kind of long-term project that he gets to stamp his name all over. Because I think this is what United are missing. You know, Ole, Ole got given the keys to the kingdom, but didn't quite have the motor under the engine to kind of do it. You know, he kind of had lots of the bits, but didn't have the final bits that he needed to get there. And when he got a better squad, he got found out. And I always say that. Sometimes coaches get found out when they get better players. Pochettino, as you said at the top of the show, he's got a very good squad at PSG. And he's doing okay. He's not, he's not kind of burning any bridges down with them but they're competing, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And you might see that that continues. You saw with Tuchel, Tuchel at PSG, 
you know, Tuchel's stock is really high now at Chelsea, won the Champions League 12 months ago. Not very high. So these things don't really matter too much. It's all about perception. And I think that Pochettino, if he came to United, if you said to him, look, five-year project, so we're not going to sack you in year one, no matter what. You know, you can have bad results. Talk to us about how we make this team better. How do we become Premier League contenders? And this season is a little bit of a write-off. Now, I know some fans won't accept that. They want a manager to come in and fix it immediately and you win something like Chelsea did. But I don't think that works for United. I think you're going to have someone who will appreciate what the long-term goals of a club like United are. Uh, and also work around the problem of the Glazers. Because the Glazers are a problem when, when it comes to recruitment. We know this. It's got better in the last two or three years. But, you know, they bought Ronaldo because they want to sell shirts. They bought Ronaldo because they want to be commercially viable. And it kind of cost the manager his job. He couldn't work it out. And I think that if, if United had had... Mason up top this year in a 4-2-3-1 or Rashford was fit or Sancho had played more games or Donny van der Beek had integrated better last season. I think we'd have seen a Manchester United team competing for the title this year. If not being right at the top, then at least, you know, two, three, four points off it rather than what are we kind of a dozen at the moment or so like that. So uh, Pochettino, great coach, probably the right choice but it's just whether you can get the right choice. And that's always the problem in these scenarios. Can you get a guy out of a football club when he's got a big contract there? He's obviously just signed a new deal with PSG. Uh, there is, I think, some credibility behind the fact that Zidane might like that PSG job and PSG might like Zidane in a World Cup year. And these things do matter. You know, there's a World Cup coming up in Qatar. And so those things do happen. And Pochettino himself is not particularly a name. And he's not a huge name. And I think United needs someone who's a bit more demure, someone who'll come in who's a thinker, but also knows what it takes, also knows that top clubs, the demand is to win. It's always to win and find ways of winning over a period of time and build a squad that can be championship contenders every season in the years ahead. I agree completely. And guys, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. A lot of you are watching our videos and really appreciate that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and turn the notifications on so you keep up to date with all our content. And give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow on at Hayda underscore Rabani. And give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. And we will see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network.